0: Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advance Media. Welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com Eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today we're going to discuss the Eagles quarterback's situation howie roseman and nick sirianni's postseason presser and we'll answer the important questions heading into the offseason but i've got a very important question that i like to ask every week chris how are you today
1: well i'm glad there's so much emphasis on that question but you know what i'm doing all right man it's usually the same one i know i gotta vary it up uh, and change up like a play calling and game plan but yeah i'm doing all right man how about yourself
0: You know, I'm here. Uh, So obviously the Eagles season (laughs) didn't end the way everybody thought – well, everybody wanted it to go. Um, I know we didn't have a post-game uh, podcast. We had some traveling difficulties. Um, there was a lot going on. <laughs> and then we decided just by that point, we decided, hey, let's just wait for Howie and Nick to talk. Then we have a ton to talk about because I don't think a lot of people really want to talk about this Bucks game. Um, breaking down what went wrong, as, as we touched on it very lightly, uh, Jalen Hurts had one of his worst performances of his career. There's no doubt about it. I don't think one game, even in a playoff scenario, makes up for or, or takes over an entire season, but I do think it opens up the que- the conversation amongst fans, amongst critics. Uh, today, speaking to Howie Roseman, Howie Roseman said he's done enough to show that he can be the starting quarterback in 2022. Now, I I think that that's, you know, I think that's fair. I, I agree with that, but I also think howie roseman as always chose his words carefully you know he was asked if you know having premium assets if a you know a notable quarterback popped up would he be willing to trade for said player um and he kind of hedged so while i think some people are running with it that jalen hurts is the starting quarterback in 2022 i think he's the starting quarterback in 22 as of this moment um I'm not saying I think they're going to trade for somebody, but I do think based on how Howie's comments that he made, that he is going to keep his options open, which I think is completely fair. If you feel like you can get Russell Wilson for a first round pick and change, that's a pretty good deal. Maybe you look into it. He's the guy that got away. We've talked about that several times, but I do think Jalen Hurts has done enough in year two to show that he is in the strong position to be the QB one heading into 2022. I also think the Eagles are in a very favorable position. They've got a quarterback that they know can lead you in some instances to a, quarter, a playoff berth. And they also have the assets to upgrade the position. What did you take away from Howie's comments today uh, in the press conference about Jalen hurts?
1: Well, the one thing I really thought was, was telling is that he he was, when he was pressed a little bit more, he said, yes, I, I was shocked that he actually came out and said it. I truly was because I thought he would hedge a little bit, not just for the fact of trying to make a trade, but I think also in the draft when it comes to trying to get positioning, if Kenny Pickett was still on the board or or Matt Corral was still on the board and he was trying to hedge his bets a little bit and trying to make some teams question it. But I think overall it's the right decision. When you look at what is out there in the draft class coming out, uh, it's nothing really impressive. And I truly don't think that you'll be able to get a Russell Wilson that come to Philadelphia. I don't th- agree with the idea as well, too, the premise. I think there's so much, so much cap space he takes, and this team is more than one player away from actually being fr- – from more than a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender, so you need to build elsewhere. But he Hurts played well, very well. As a young quarterback, he played – Well, for the most part of the season, he progressed. I think that's the best, the most important part. He showed signs that he can get better. And the stuff that he has struggled with is stuff that's all correctable. And as a 23-year-old quarterback on a rookie deal who still could use some weapons around him. And let's be honest, uh, besides Dallas Dallas Goddard and, and Devonta Smith, there's not truly a reliable third target on his team. That's the best. It's the best way to go. So him managing it. Will, will he take make calls or or, or take calls when some, if an unknown quarterback comes available? Yeah, I can see that. But I really truly feel that when week one comes around, we'll see Jalen Hurts under center.
0: Yeah, and I, I think. Look, I, I don't. I think the odds stack in favor of Jalen Hurts. I'm not saying that um, Howie Roseman was being deceptive there I think Howie Roseman was actually being quite honest, frankly Jalen Hurts has played well enough to be their starter, but if something blows them away something blows them away. You remember, this is the same guy who said that he couldn't imagine Carson Wentz not being on the Eagles and then a few months later, Carson Wentz is in the Midwest uh, checking out Burns does he
1: have again? Well, how many fingers is how we yeah, have again? Uh,
0: yeah, that's a fair question. <laughs> um, another takeaway from Tampa Bay was uh, the defense. Um, listen, when when Jonathan Gannon's defense is cooking, it's playing a bad team. When it's not, it's getting carved like a like a carving station at a buffet. You know, you know, on a buffet line. Um, I don't think the defense was the reason why the Eagles lost against the Bucs. I think that if you look at the overarching nature of Jonathan Gannon's defense, that's an issue that needs to be corrected, whether that's a conversation with Jonathan Gannon, whether that's upgrading over Jonathan Gannon, whether that's retooling the assistants. This is an Eagles team that needs to grow and I've been a very big defender of Jonathan Gannon because of his personnel and everything but like this Bucks team was hurting and they still dominated them you can talk about the four three and outs terrific whatever but that's like saying hey you got three red zone stops but you still get you up you know 40 points right so um uh, Jonathan Gannon interviewed for the Texans job. He's going to interview for the uh, the Broncos job on Wednesday. He's eventually going to interview for the Vikings job. Um, I don't think he's going to get one of those three jobs. I think it's a, still a year too early. Uh, the Texans job might make the most sense just because of how that whole network is aligned with Nick Cesario. Because um, it seems like the next hire will get a lot of time because David Cully was a one and done sort of – project. Um, where are you at with this defense right now?
1: Well, see that I think you and I differ on this one right here. I actually think it was the defense's fault, especially early only because of the fact that they had to set the tone early on. And the one thing they could have hang their hat on first play of the game, 17 yard run. And then I think that just, that that was like a punch in the mouth and it really just, it, I think it rattled that defense and they saw Brady and that Buccaneers offense just methodically go down the field. And, it was always a lot of slow starts. It always took a lot till the first half, the end of the first half, coming out to the first drive in the second half. It seemed like that the defense made adjustments. Credit to Jonathan Gannon for making those adjustments, but this team always started. The defense always seemed to come off to a very slow start. I mean, it should have been a we, maybe we should have known as soon as Ryan Kerrigan had two sacks in game it was like, well, they're losing this game because Ryan Kerrigan all of a sudden is the one that's stepping up. I don't know what's going on with that, but when you look overall with this defense, I think Gannon did what he wanted to do. Now statistically this was one of the better defenses in the league. I think finished 10th overall in the league when it came to uh, yards allowed. I mean, they finished 9th against the run and I believe like 11th against the pass. Something, somewhere around those around those rankings. So statistically it looks good. They did they did what Gannon's objection was, was to prevent the big play. Finished second in the fewest amount of uh, of explosive plays. Second few second fewest in explosive plays, but they allowed too many times quarterbacks to not to, to take advantage of that short to intermediate area of the fields and to have those high completion rates. And that just continually kept the offense on the, the defense on the field for so long. And it just basically, I think, wore down the defense over time. And there's no, there not enough consistent pressure. So overall, I think Gannon has a good framework. Do I want to see him be more aggressive next year? Yeah, I'm not talking about going all out – zone dogs every every play. Oops, sorry there. Almost every play or going uh, corner blitz every play, but they they need to be a little bit more aggressive and maybe he is once he has some more of his guys that he wants on his defense.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, Look, I I do think part of it is personnel and part of it is play calling, but I do think when you've got Darius Slay playing off on Mike Evans all game because you're playing zone uh, and there's no other wide receivers on on the Bucks, like... It's a bad decision. It's a bad look. But anyway, uh, to cap that, Nick Sirianni said that he had not made any decisions on his staff yet. He had yet to meet with Jeffrey Lurie. I do think once he meets with Jeffrey Lurie, there will be some tweaks to this coaching staff. We'll see where that comes by. Next, let's get into the wide receiver position because that was a big talking point in this, this press conference. Um, Devontae Smith, uh, Nick Sirianni said, is one of the true number one wide receivers in the league. That's a high compliment, but I also think it's accurate. He actually went out of his way to dub Quez Watkins as the number two wide, res- er, wide receiver, and he said he could be one of the best number two wide receivers in the league. I think that's a little <laughs> high praise. I think it's a little overzealous, but, you know, good for Nick. Um, I think ideally Quez Watkins should be the, the the slot receiver or a number three guy in an outside rotation. Uh, then he made it very clear that Jalen Rager was the number three wide receiver and made it almost sound like there was a huge gap between – Quez Watkins and Jalen Rager. Uh, Howie Roseman said that uh, they had a conversation with Jalen Rager that was very honest um, about what he needs to develop. And they said they are disappointed kind of in how this is all shaken up. I mean, duh. Um, To me... There is no way Jalen Rager is back on this team next year. I I don't see how it's possible. I don't see how there's a happy ending. But then again, Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni can't come out and publicly say, yeah, he was a complete boss. He's terrible. Because, you know, you're you're ruining your chances of maybe getting a seventh round pick for the guy or or uh, a player-for-player player swap. Um this wide receiver group needs an oil change outside of Jalen. I mean, outside of Quez Watkins and Devontae Smith, in my opinion, where are you at a wide receiver and what did you make of those comments?
1: You know how you, like, when you drop a roll of paper towel and, you know, the whole thing rolls, keep continues to roll and it just leaves a long trail of, like, the paper that fell down? That's how long I imagine the list of stuff that Jalen Rager has to fix. I just don't, I, I, I don't see foresee him coming back at all. You can't have him back, in my opinion. Because to me, it's almost like similar, I know we're switching sports, but it's almost like Ben Simmons. You have, like, the fan base is never going to give him unless he puts up a fifteen hundred yard season and, like fifteen touchdowns I don't think this fan base is ever going to really forgive him because there's still the thoughts of Justin Jefferson out there there's still the thoughts of the drop passes and all the other miscues that he's had so I personally I think it's time for him to get a fresh start that uh, fresh start overall and to me Quez Watkins i have you see the talent there you see the speed there could he be like a michael Gallup type yeah pushing There, I just have a lot of questions still when it comes to him not finishing routes when, when keeping plays alive. So when you have a, I know it was highlighted in the tenth big game, but this has been going on for a few weeks now. And when you have a quarterback like Hertz who keeps plays alive and and scrambles and, and tries to and tries to make big plays downfield on on broken down plays, you can't have a receiver just give up thinking, "Oh, well, I'm not getting the ball," and then, "Oh, the ball's coming my way," and then try to turn the Jets back on and catch it. And it is. It, it looks. It is bad overall. This team. I will look at seriously. I will look at a guy bringing in a guy like Mike Williams. I really think Mike Williams would will be a good fit for this team. He's got the veteran experience. He's worked with Nick Sirianni in the past. He also is a detailed route runner, in my opinion, and that's what I think this team needs. So, Mike Williams would be one. A pipe dream would be Calvin Ridley. I think that would be great, but I. I think it's it, personally. I think it's tough. I wouldn't. I think it'd be tough to get him personally because I think it's going to cost a lot. And I don't know if the Eagles will be willing to do that, but this team needs a, an, another legitimate third weapon overall, because we've seen teams are scheming to stop Devonta Smith and Goddard. And there's nobody who's really stepped up to be consistent in the third. And it, with that, with that blueprint out there now and that video out there, it's going to make it tough. So they better, and it has, I think it has to be a veteran. It can't be a guy like Chris Olive that he can develop into a good one, but, I think you just need a veteran presence right now that can be step in and be that number two receiver.
0: Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I'm definitely with you. I think Allen Robinson would make a lot of sense, um, and that's kind of where I'm at. Um, so uh, let's get into the dynamics of the off season um, it, because. I think the biggest question was somewhat answered. I think a lot of people are running away with this like anointed Jalen Hurts thing on social media. I'm not sure I like a hundred percent buy into it. I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist. If you read my work or know me really well, that's not really my style. Um, I've just been told a guy's going to be here before. And you know, then he's trying on a blue helmet or a helmet with like blue horseshoes on it. So, um, I think ideally (laughs) with QB1, I think if Russell – the only way you could upgrade Jalen Hurts in my opinion is by trading for Russell Wilson. I I think Deshaun Watson would be grudgingly come here, right? And that's not something you want. You want a guy who totally buys in and everything. Also, his off-the-field stuff cannot be understated. Um, or sorry cannot be overstated uh, I think you know he has not settled any of his 20 plus cases of sexual misconduct that is a huge huge ordeal to to get through um, and so I think that's something that might uh, be something that you can't get over or an obstacle that can't be changed but also he has a no trade clause so um, I think the Eagles have the ammunition to trade for him, but I don't know if that's necessarily the move they'll make. I think Russell Wilson's the guy that got away, and if they find a reasonable deal for him, maybe it makes sense with him being 33. If you feel like you can get four years of premium play out of him, then there you go. Uh, that said, I would never trade three first-round picks for anyone, uh, sans Tom Brady in his prime, and Aaron Rodgers in his prime. Um Also, I I think another thing that needs to be discussed is the future of Miles Sanders. Where are you at with Miles Sanders following this season?
1: All right, cool. Uh, And and if I can, I will go back to that Russell Wilson stuff over there. But with Miles Sanders, I still think he he still is a very, I think, talented running back, a guy who could still hit the quote-unquote home run, who could run that, who has speed, has the explosiveness. But I'm really, really worried about his availability, about how well he can maintain through a seventeen game season now, and also his vision a little bit. I mean, I do. I during this last game against the Buccaneers, he I thought for the first time I think in a very very long time he had kept his head down. He looked at the holes and he looked. He was patient enough, but the problem was even though he did all that, he missed some cutback lanes. There were some. Big cutback lanes that were available that he could have gained about an extra 10 yards against because the Bucks defense was flowing really heavy to the to the run side, but then there's some cutback lanes he never took advantage of. To me, at this point, I, I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt and really believe that he can be a lead back. But given his availability and and given some of the limitations that he's had, I'm starting to think he's more of a, a, a 1B and you need to bring somebody in to compliment him. Maybe that guy that's already is willing to compliment him is already on the roster in Boston Scott. I think Boston Scott's shown so a lot of stuff so far when he's when he's been able to insert into the lineup and and he's he's shown that patience that's been avail that's been good and he's shown that explosiveness. I know that the Eagles still have Kenny Gainwell. I think Gainwell is getting better. He's not where I would feel comfortable making him a starter or nowhere near comfortable making him a starter. And you still have questions about uh, Jordan Howard, his his long term health because we see that stinger seems to keep popping up. So I wouldn't spend one of my top three picks in, on on a running back at all. I think you look for, for somebody uh, a bowling ball type guy who could run between the tackles cuz I think that's the one thing this team really needs a a younger in between to tackles runner to work with Miles Sanders and, and pick up some yards in that running game but getting back quickly to Russell Wilson I don't think I think I just don't see him coming to Philadelphia I don't think he waives no trade clause to come here because I look when you look at just overall, what the Eagles have to offer, they gave him the offensive line he, he covets. When you look at the weapons, unless they get they severely upgrade those positions, they need to do it. And also, I remember uh, early back in March, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN said he really wants to become a front office executive one in the future, and he really wants to have same personnel. And what, what, how really truly allow him to have a lot of same personnel matters? I, I don't, I don't feel like that. I don't feel like that's the case. So. I think I think Russell Wilson really goes to the Giants because they don't. Ha- I think they'll get a, a running uh, general manager that will be willing to work with them that way, and, and a head coach to do the same as well too. That's that's where I got on that.
0: All right. Well, you know, as we get into uh, the off season, we'll hopefully have a lot more content for you on nj.com slash Eagles. Um, we'll also have a lot more content for you on. NJ.com slash text Eagles Extra. Make sure you sign up. We're, we're bringing back uh, Friday Q&As. They're exclusive to Eagles Extra. We love chatting with you guys. Um, and That's where you get to ask us questions and we'll respond straight to your phone. You could be at work. You could be killing time at lunch, um, eating some tacos. And then all of a sudden you get a text message from me or Chris or – well, hopefully just me or Chris uh, because – those would be the only two people you'd be talking to. Um, Also remember you can subscribe to the No huddle show podcast, wherever podcasts are available. Um, Make sure you give us five-star ratings and give us all your comments. We love hearing from you. But before we go, I I wanted to just hit on this. Um, This was my fourth full season covering the Eagles. And I am so appreciative of you guys read our work and, um, <clears throat> who you know listen to the No Huddle Show podcast and who subscribe to Eagles Extra? Um, in a lot of ways, this is a dream job, and uh, it's been very cool to cover this team for four years, uh, with you guys listening or reading or what have you. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, I truly appreciate it. I also want to say Thank you to you, Chris. Um, this has been one of my favorite seasons covering the league. Uh, this is my seventh year as a beat writer and you made traveling and doing all the stuff that much more fun. So uh, I really appreciate that, but I wanted to give you the floor in case you want to, you know, make any well wishes. I want you to have a final world today, word today before we, we sign off.
1: Thanks. I appreciate it, man. It's been, a, it's, it's been a ride. I mean, it's. was, it's not every day you get to cover the team that you uh, grew up watching. And it's not every day that you get to uh, get to go inside and you really get to share your views with, with everybody's reading and, and listening. And and I just want to thank everyone for taking the time to read all of our stuff and, and send the feedback and and the wishes, you know, sometimes it gets very humbling at times. Even if it's a take that nobody really likes that we do, or it's a take like, what the heck is? Which is often. Which, which, which is yeah. often. <laughs> the, the part is that it shows that y- you all care, and and that means a lot. So I just want to say, seriously, thank you guys so so much. It's it's been fun. It's been a ride, and uh, yeah, it's gonna look into this content as long as we can.
0: Yeah, I mean, look. You know, hopefully we're doing this and we're until our, we're in our 80s, right? And then we're going, to, <laughs> we're going to Captain J's every year.
1: Oh, the crack. Did you finally you watch Tombstone? I, I
0: never got confirmation. I know you watched parts of it, but did you watch the oh, whole look thing? Oh, this.
1: We're out of time. Uh, I think our podcast is out of time right
0: now. Sorry. Uh, 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 what? Uh, next, all right. Huh? All oh, right. Mike? If we're going to pull that. <laughs> <laughs> for Chris, I'm Mike. We'll talk to you very, very soon. See you guys.